Hey there, Ralph Garman here. Thanks so much for checking out this free edition of The Ralph Report. If you like what you hear, do me a favor. Subscribe to The Ralph Report so we can put some fun in your ears five days a week. And you can listen for as little as $3 a month. So subscribe today so you don't miss out on any of the fun. Go to patreon.com slash The Ralph Report and sign up. Welcome to The Ralph Report with Ralph Garman. Well, hello there, boys and girls, and welcome to The Ralph Report. It is a Monday. Nothing we can do about that. Sorry. But we can try to make it a little bit better for you by giving you an hour or so of two boneheads just yammering at each other. A reprieve from normal life. Sitting in the Batcave. I am your old podcast pal, Ralph Garman. Sitting here in the Batcave with me is your vice host, Mr. Eddie Pence. Hey, everybody. It is February 25th. Boy, just a couple more days left in this month. I know. We're into March already. Super fast. Great show for you today. I think so. Anyway, you be the judge. It is. We'll be talking about the Oscars, of course. Hollywood's biggest night was last night. Yes. The the first hostless Oscars in a while. I think it went really well. Yeah, we'll talk about that soon. Uh, What else we got going on? Steve Ashton will stop by. With Ask a Brit, he's going to give us some lessons in manners, which I think <laughs> Mr. Ashton has been itching to do for some time now. Uh, we also, later on in the show, a lot of people are very excited. Eddie Pence and I will give you our top three TV theme songs of all time. Primetime theme songs. Primetime theme songs. Lyrics, sans lyrics. Right. Either way. Either way. People are getting very uh, <laughs> persnickety about this category. Some are saying, well, what about cartoons? Those are daytime and those are great. It's like, well, we're not counting those. No. Maybe at some other point we will do well, that's why I asked the a question. favorite cartoon theme song segment yeah. as well. We've got question. a lot of time to do a lot of lists. I asked the question last week, if it was a primetime, right? Because you could throw in like Sesame Street or any of that stuff. I hear you. But uh, the batch we have for you today. This is primetime. I think for the most part you'll enjoy but then there's some that Eddie also you chose. <laughs> so we'll talk about those in just a little while. How was your weekend, by the way? How it was, was good. I did I haven't a seen you in a while. Saturday night after the, the live stream. I uh, had a show uh, at uh, Bethel Lutheran Church. Oh, nothing like a good church crowd for stand-up comedy. <laughs> it was. It's like right off uh, Olympic and... Uh, it's, it was like in the attic area of the church. I guess you go up, up these stairs. It's a massive <laughs> it sounds church. sounds like a cult. It might have been a cult. It might have. And it was, it was a debtors anonymous meeting. Debtors? Debtors. Anonymous. Anonymous. These are people who are Apparently, in debt? I was trying to figure that out while I was there. I was like, what is debtors anonymous? I was just trying to ask people on the, on the slide, like, what is this about without trying to offend anybody? And apparently it's people, it's not just people that run up credit card bills. And then get another credit card and run that. They're not addicted right. to buying that's things. That's called Americans. Yes, yeah. that's American way of life. But this apparently it's people that just haven't got their life together, which seems like everybody doesn't have their crap together. But why do they focus specifically on their debt then? I think it's the broader sense of debtors anonymous. Just like you're you're you you you're in debt to something. There's something that has a hold of you. Oh, and it's once again, isn't that everyone? It, exactly. That's what I said. And then I got called out because apparently only the comics that were on the show were supposed to be in the group. Oh, like sometimes they'll do that with Alcoholics Anonymous where everybody's in recovery and and you come in to talk about your experiences and have a couple laughs. Right. And I'm an outsider. And so at the end of the show, I'm doing, you know, I'm doing a meet and greet or whatever with the crowd or whatever. And they're walking by and like, oh, so do you come to these meetings normally? And I'm like, no, I don't. I'm not. 
Not in all the group. fucked up like you people. <laughs> one person got really pissed. Really? And was like, you're not, you're not in the group. Are you in, are you in anything? I'm like, no. Oh, not. because it's an anonymous meeting. Yeah. I guess you're not supposed to. I guess to... they feel weird about people outside of the group going into the yeah. group. Yeah. Wow. So I, I don't have it. I'm not an NA or AA or DA. Did they grab or... pitchforks and uh, <laughs> this lady? And I thought you I thought this lady might. Wow, that's something else. She was kind of taken back, and then she talked to me like she was very friendly with me at the beginning. Like, oh, I loved your set. It was so funny. I've really enjoyed all this. And then as soon as she found out I wasn't in Debtors Anonymous, it kind of turned, and she was just not as uh, friendly to me. Now. Usually the anonymous meetings are reserved for people who are addicted to something. Yeah. I still don't quite understand I was how trying... debtors, are, are, they, are they into debt? Like, do they get off on buying stuff that they can't pay Apparently, for? Apparently, it is solely about people who feel like they don't have, com- something else has control of them. Hmm. Like any addict, I guess, feels like they, they've given way to whatever the addiction is. Yeah. But this seems very, because it was this literally. This is a catch-all for people? It's who what just... it seemed like, because these people are also in other groups oh i see and this seems to be Maybe like they're addicted to anonymous meetings <laughs> they might be ad- addicted to addicted groups i don't I know. call bullshit there on was this like whole thing. there was like 130 people there it was yeah. a huge gathering of people and yeah. i could not figure out what anyone was addicted to i would not have been popular at that show because i would <laughs> have been calling bullshit called... on people left and right <laughs> debtors and i was get the fuck out of here and like one lady was like yeah i just realized that i didn't have control of anything in my life and i really wanted to take control so i joined this group and oh, i'm like what up. does that mean we're all no one has control over anything that's why i, could, I was like no, it doesn't mean anything we're all just spinning through space it's just on a rock going through space i don't understand of course we don't have control over anything look i'm not I'm now i'm probably gonna get all kinds of shit from people <laughs> who are in <laughs> aa or whatever saying uh, you're besmirching the the 12 steps or something but, and i'm not i know that that has done good work for for a lot of people who are in recovery for a lot of different things, be it sex addiction, gambling addiction, cocaine, alcohol. I get all that, but there comes a point where you just can't start throwing up your hands and say, "Well, I got no control That's over what everything." This felt like because they do to the twelve steps. It, the DA is a twelve step program. It models itself after AA, and, and yet NA. no one knows quite what they're trying and to no give one, up. There's not a singular thing like AA. You know, everyone in there is giving up alcohol, right? NA narcotics. Yes. This just seems very like mm. I don't know. I don't like it. It seemed very weird. I don't like, like it. People looking just for a gathering. Like I'm a, going back. I'm going to that meeting. I'm going to raise <laughs> some hell. Have it. Yeah, I know where they meet. That's just what I need. So it was very, it was odd. It was an odd experience. It was a great show. A great Good show. Crowd. It sounds like a big crowd. Great crowd. And those crowds are always receptive. Like NA crowds, AA crowds are the best. Yeah. Well, they got, they need some laughter they in do. their life. And they love it. The, the, the dirtier and uglier you get, they love it. Well, they love Because they've been through the shit. Yeah. To use a military term. They have been through the shit. They've spent some time. I don't know about the DA people. I don't know what shit they've been well, through. It seems very vague and odd. They're very secretive about their problems. <laughs> Uh, well, good. I'm glad you had a good show. So. Glad to have you back here on a Monday morning. I am in full-blown daddy duty mode. If I seem a little scattered, it's because I'm trying to do two things at once these days. My yeah. wife is on a, a little business trip. She is in New York City. My wife, for many years, was a very successful executive at Sony Pictures for a while, and then she worked at Paramount Pictures for a while. And then when we decided to start a family, she said she wanted to dedicate her time to raising kids. If that's the path we wanted right. to go, she wanted to be a mom. It's a full-time job. Right. And so luckily at the time I had a job and it was, <laughs> so I was able to uh, afford her the opportunity to be a full-time mom. 
And now that Olivia's getting a little older and spending a lot of time in school, she is now just dipping her toe back into the possibility of getting back into the business. Oh, really? So she's got a friend of hers who's got a business who needed some assistance on this project they're working on in New York City. And she and my wife have been good friends for a long time. And she said, if, if you're looking to freelance or do some consultant work or something, I think I have some work that just would be a couple days worth of work. You can kind of get a feel for it and see what you think. Right. So we talked about it and she said, I'd like to go you know, explore this opportunity at this event in New York City. So I said, great. Not just forgetting <laughs> that I'm a total basket case when it comes to raising the child on my own and also trying to do this show. Oh. So uh, she's been gone now. It's been uh, 24 hours, and I'm I'm losing my mind. Oh, my already. God. And it's nothing to do with the kid. The kid's an angel. She's spectacular. But I had to run her to a tennis lesson yesterday, and there was Sunday school, and then feeding and getting kids ready. Kids have and, busy lives. And then school, you know, today I've got to get... get you know, you gotta get pick her, her up, I, and then I gotta, got her off I gotta get her there first. And then I gotta get her lunch and her snack, oh and then pick God. her up. Yeah, and then you gotta try to put the show together. And then right. So tomorrow, what I'm saying it's is, just a nightmare. I'm the father of the year, is what I'm saying, and we all need to acknowledge that. Also, because I saved a life over the weekend. You did, yes. And I, I would like to have some acknowledgement. That should have topped that. that. Why'd well. you bury the lead? Well, because it was a goldfish. <laughs> that should have. Because oh, the life why. was that of a goldfish. <laughs> But yet still, it's one of God's creatures. It's true. It's a living, breathing thing. We've got a uh, goldfish here at the house. <laughs> Reggie the Wonder Dog isn't the only pet here in the Garmin household. Did, we have a goldfish. Did Reggie try to take him out? No, no. Reggie's scared of the fish. He's scared of everything. Um, we've got a goldfish who, very imaginatively, has been named Goldie by my daughter. Brilliant. Yeah. And we've been noticing lately that Goldie is floating at the top of her fish bowl on her side that's dead that means dead right that's what everybody thinks and then when you get close to goldie she snaps out of it like she's been in some sort of trance and then starts swimming her ass off again so i think was she narcoleptic do i have a narcoleptic, have narcoleptic goldfish? goldfish is that a no, thing I, so i did a little research over the weekend right and it turns out that goldfish and these beta fish and these small fish that kids keep you know yeah. ones that die in a week and right you, yeah um, they have a condition sometimes they develop where the bladder inside, they have like a special organ fish do that controls their buoyancy. It allows them either to float or sink depending on what they want so to like, do. So it lets like air in there. Something, I must, or right? There must be air in there because they're able to, to maintain a sense of buoyancy that is not at the top and not at the right. bottom. They kind of swim around the, the center. Uh, well, figures, our fish has a defect and has some problem with her <laughs> ballast bladder or whatever you call it. And I found out that the reason she's floating at the top on the side is because she's exhausted by trying to maintain herself under she's the water. She's trying to stay under the she's water. She's trying to stay and under. wiped her out. Getting so tired, she has to float to the top to catch a breather, which isn't normal, <laughs> those, by the way. Those flippers are going to be huge. Your kid shouldn't be... <laughs> your kid, up goldfish. Your fish shouldn't be napping at the top of the water. It's not right. <laughs> and I thought, okay, well, this is fish is a goner. But there's something you can do. Again, yeah, it's, it's called flush in the toilet no. and get a new fish. The reason that organ doesn't work is because... The fish gets constipated, and the backup of the poop presses on this thing. What are you feeding the goldfish? Goldfish food. But it turns out goldfish <laughs> food that you get at Petco or whatever is very uh, protein-laden. There's a lot of worms well, yeah, and I know stuff protein like does, does back you up a little bit. And that's what yeah. happens. The fish gets backed up, 
And once she's all full of poop, she doesn't float right, like most of us. <laughs> so here's a little tip for all you fish owners out there. And if you are a fish owner, you probably already know this, but I just discovered this weekend. You feed your fish uh, finely diced. I mean, you got to get it the size that a goldfish would eat. You got to yeah. take a pea or several peas, green peas. Uh-huh. And you, you dice them up and you slice them up and you mash them up until they're like a paste almost. And then you put that in the tank for the food and the fish eats right. the leafy green vegetable like we all should be doing. <laughs> and then it poops. And it poops. And it but- actually helps relieve the constipation. <laughs> and I'll tell you, I, I know it sounds crazy, <laughs> but I was there with a, with a knife dicing up peas for but, this fish. But for the price of the peas... You could have bought a new goldfish. It's a pet, for God's sakes, Eddie. How dare you? Your goldfish was full of shit. Uh, you're absolutely right. And so I did the I did the pee trick, and what do you know? In it's 12 lit. hours, this thing's... Massive dump. Right. I, well, I didn't watch it go poop, but I know it's it's swimming now like a normal fish, and it stays under Look the water easily, and it's not it's not struggling anymore. Oh, my God. You're like the house, Dr. House of goldfish. I am. That's exactly right. And I hope you'll check out my new series this fall. <laughs> Fish Doctor. It's a working title. We might come up with something else. But I'm like, I'm like fucking Doctor Doolittle here. I'm saving creatures of all shapes. I can't and believe you researched it, found a solution. Well, and I then, was, and I, then cured the thing. I, well, I looked at it and I said, this can't be right. And again, it, it seemed very energetic once you got near it. When it, when it got startled, it was swimming fine. So I said, this can't be. The fish can't be dying. It didn't have any of that weird stuff growing on it. You know, you yeah, know when yeah. you see a fish Ick is sick. or whatever it's called. Yeah. It doesn't look like a sick fish. I said, well, maybe there's an answer. And God bless the internet. See, I don't even need medical school. I can no. probably just learn everything I need from the internet. Screw. Start, start treating patients. Cancel your health insurance. Yeah, just start curing myself. <laughs> so that was my weekend, being a dad and saving that's, that's fish. That sounded more productive. How, how glorious. What a, a sparkling Hollywood career I that have. That really is. Yeah, it's very exciting. I can't wait till they make the movie about it. Very glamorous. All right, let's get on with our show. we got a lot of stuff for you today. Besides how to save your goldfish, and you're welcome on that one. Let's get things kicked off the way we do by taking a look at the big calendar here on the Batcave wall to see what holidays are celebrated on this day, February 25th. Not all of them are acceptable. Some we say you can celebrate. You'll hear that. And some we reject outright in a segment we call Holiday or Holiday. Holiday or holiday, please tell me what we celebrate, Ralph Garman. All right, on this day, February 25th, it is the day to celebrate Play More Cards Day. Play More more Cards Day. Like fish or a war? Like all those games. Poker? Get out your deck of cards and start playing more cards. I always forget how much fun I have playing cards until I start playing cards. That's the point of Play More Cards Day. They say that people... I'm going to do that today. You know, cards have a bad rap of being something you do just to kill time or something, but they're saying you could make it an actual event and have a good time. I don't know about an event, but I would... (laughs) I have fun playing cards. We get together with the fellas and have like a poker night or something. That's an event, That's right? true, I guess. Uh, what's your game, by the way? Uh, I grew up playing uh, War, mm. a lot of War and Slapjack. Slapjack, yeah, I remember that one. Uh, when you have a kid, I mean, yeah, that's kid, what I play with my, my kids. My kid's nuts for cards. Old Maid, of course, is a big Old Maid, one. Go Fish. But with the grown-ups, I love Crazy poker. Crazy Eights. I love poker. Blackjack, of course. I love Blackjack. Blackjack is my... 
my addiction. I'm all for this, except for the fact that this holiday was created in 2013 by Bicycle Playing Cards. You know the Bicycle Playing yeah, Cards company? They make all the cards. Yeah. So that what they want to do is sell more cards. Exactly. But at the same time, it seems like a good idea it's to me. It's such a simple thing, and kids love them. So you do have kids. It's fun to play cards with kids. Here's a little uh, trivia from the folks at Bicycle Cards, by the way. During World War II, they would design decks of cards for soldiers overseas that on the back of the playing card, when you put them all together like a puzzle, it would give you a map of the area that you were servicing. So oh. if you got lost in the woods or something, you would always have a map with you if you carried your deck of playing cards. <laughs> that's freaking uh, genius. That's pretty cool. During Nam, they sent cards to all the soldiers, and that was the first time they created waterproof cards that wouldn't peel, rip, or fall apart after coming in contact with water because a lot of those guys were in rice paddies yeah. and shit. Wow. So uh, bicycle cards has been part of our armed forces well, for many that's, years. I like how they designed their cards to so, help those guys All right, out. bicycle cards, we're on your well, side. I bought your product before. Today is also National Chocolate-Covered Nut Day. Now... <laughs> I know we're going to run into some trouble here well, with the vice. You got to be specific with your nuts. Well, this is the problem. They are saying Any they're nut, not being specific. Just chocolate it covered is nuts. Nuts. Your choice of nuts covered with chocolate. Are you in or you're out? Basically, is what they're well, saying. Well, if I have my choice of nuts, then yes, I will take chocolate covered nuts. I mean, literally, they say whether it's unsweetened chocolate, sweet chocolate, well, semi sweet we... chocolate, white chocolate, or dark chocolate mixed with peanuts, cashews, almonds, macadamias, pecans, or any other nut. Enjoy your favorite combination. I don't on this know who day. enjoys unsweetened chocolate. Well, listen, Eddie. People do. Who? Into... My wife loves unsweetened. Chocolate. Unsweet, just like a brick of baker's unsweetened chocolate well, she doesn't eat, eat it by the brick well, that's what no. i'm saying but, but they have some very low sugar content chocolate out there right but baker's that you would not enjoy no i would that not. most people don't but she's not a fan of sweet chocolate so she does enjoy that that's the point of chocolate now it's not that's sweetness that's is the point of chocolate but that's not the point at all that's why they that's have the, point. the different chocolates for <laughs> other people sense. it's your point that's the chocolate you like. What's what chocolate is? It's sweet and cho it's sweet. It's a cho it's chocolate. By the by the very fact that they have unsweetened and semi-sweet chocolate. That's like decaffeinated coffee. It makes zero sense to me. Well, because you're not on board doesn't mean Do you, you drink decaf? I sometimes do. Why? Yes. Because I like the taste of coffee. That's insane. But I to don't me. want the byproduct of the caffeine. That's the only reason coffee exists is for caffeine. Well, that is your reason. The only reason chocolate exists is for sweetness. Uh, well, you are you are a bit of a fascist, <laughs> it turns out. When it comes to chocolate and coffee, yes, yes, I am. Here's uh, what you can do. You can of course the peanuts and the chocolate. That's yes, the biggest combination. I agree. Good one. Goobers. The original chocolate covered peanut candy. They were originally sold in nineteen twenty five. That's how long they've been around. But, of course, you've got uh, M&M's as well. Now M&M's has an almond as well. M&M's needs to settle down. That's what M&M's need to do. They do have a lot of uh, they're going maybe little, too many choices. They're going a little crazy. And I'm saving this food-related holiday for the end because I have zero idea which way Eddie's <laughs> going to go on this one. I really don't. It is one of my favorites. But who knows? I know. And there's two different varieties of this, too. Oh. So like, we could have... We could have well, Eddie might say yes to one, but the other one's unacceptable to him. <laughs> It is National Clam Chowder Day. Clam chowder may be my favorite soup of all. And it comes in two delicious types. You've got your chowder that includes milk or cream as well as potatoes, which, of course, is the uh, New England 
traditionally known as the New England clam chowder. But then you have the Manhattan clam chowder as well, which is a tomato-based soup. So you've got two great ways to enjoy clam chowder. Now, the red or the white. Right. Does Eddie Pence enjoy one? Both? Neither? There's only one way to find out. We will pull the slot machine handle of the patented Eddie Pence jackpot slot machine to see if he is a fan of clam chowder or not. Let's pull the handle. One clam, two clams. Oh, no clams. No. Eddie? I don't like clams. I don't like clam chowder. I don't like most creamy soups. You don't like clam chowder? No. Even the Manhattan? Man, red or white, tomato based. The cream, red one isn't cre- is in creamy soup. No, with the other, with the the other one, the white one is right. Is but so, creamy. how about the Manhattan? No, then? I don't like I don't like clams. Well, how do you not like clams? You don't like any shellfish. I don't like. No, I like lobster. Okay, I like uh, so you like crustaceans, but you don't like any any sort oh, of mollusks or anything that comes in a shell. No oysters. No clams. No, they're sea filters. Mussels. They're sea filters. It's like you're you're taking. It's like you're reaching into. The filter of your air conditioned vent and pulling that out like, hmm, this looks good. I'm going to steam this up and eat it. Are it's a filter of the a ocean. Bigot. You are I'm a food a, bigot. I'm not a bigot. I, can, I am finding out today on many levels what a racist you are. <laughs> I'm not a racist. You're a food racist. I'm maybe a food racist. I will uh, not eat clam. No, clams are gross. Here's the thing. Um, other than New England and, and Manhattan, there are many different kinds of clam chowder. Many different regions lay claim to a special recipe of oh, clam really? chowder. I didn't know this, but besides New England and Manhattan, there's also Rhode Island clam chowder. What's the big one in that? I have no idea. I, I, I have the list, but I did not take the time or energy to go through all the differences well, right. in all you the have, clam chowders. You're, you're, parent, you're yeah. a single parent. The right Delaware now. clam chowder? These people are just throwing their name on the clam chowder. The New Jersey clam chowder? The Hatteras Island clam chowder in North Carolina? The Menorcan clam chowder. Menorcan. Menorcan. I don't know what part of the country that comes from. <laughs> Long Island clam chowder. Oh. That sounds like somebody just spitting in your soup. That sounds like a euphemism. Yes. So anyway, I gave this guy in the uh, Long Island clam chowder. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> it's clam chowder with a little. It's the last time he complains about the soup. <laughs> uh, the Puget Sound clam chowder. Everybody needs to settle down with the clam so chowder. So there are many different just ways you can enjoy this soup. Settle down. And don't listen. I am. I am... The commander-in-chief, I am vetoing Eddie's Settle choice, down. and I'm saying, no. pour me a big steaming bowl of clam chowder, especially this time of year when it's cold outside. Oh, yeah. You can have my bowl. I'm going to have your bowl. And then you get those little cool little crackers you put on Crackers, there, I like. I'll eat the crackers. You do that. <laughs> I'm, the, I'm the three-year-old that eats the crackers. Dear <laughs> God in heaven. That was today's holiday or holiday. <laughs> Now it's time to take a look at all the entertainment news with a segment I call the Showbiz Beat. Well, as we mentioned, last night was the Oscars. That is the big award show where everybody in the movie industry just tries to get a prize because they're not lucky enough already that they're making a ton of money working in Hollywood. Now they want to be rewarded and they want a gold statue on top You're back padded and shut down Hollywood Boulevard and make my life miserable. It's kind of cynical, but uh, I I really don't mean it. I think the Oscars are a fun tradition and I'm glad to see everybody gets a chance to celebrate quality movies. And it was, I got to tell you, last night's show, everybody was talking about the fact that there was no host some people were speculating there might even be a surprise host. They couldn't imagine an Oscar telecast without a host. They were dropping some hints like Trevor Noah. I mean, I he, saw a who, bunch he of promoted. He yeah. uh, presented last yeah. night. Uh, I heard uh, Whoopi Goldberg could yeah, maybe were. host. 
at the beginning of the show, uh, Maya Rudolph, Tina Fey, and Amy Poehler walked out, and everybody thought, oh, maybe this was the plan, but they just, they did a little shtick, they did some funny jokes, and then they presented, but there was legitimately no host last night, and I don't think the show suffered one bit. No, I think it worked, I think it worked, and uh, uh, what's-his-face came down as uh, on the umbrella? Key, Key, Keenan, Keegan, Keenan, 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 oh my god. He was very funny. The, the few little moments of levity they put in there were fine. was just enough. It wasn't overkill. It didn't feel forced. It felt like it worked. The musical numbers flowed pretty nicely. I thought it was the best Oscar telecast in quite some time in terms of being an enjoyable show. It moved pretty smooth. Queen kicked things off yep. with Adam Lambert. They sounded great. Bette Midler performed a song from Mary, Mary Poppins. Poppins Returns. Where, and the, where the Lost Things Go. Yeah, I, I still haven't seen that movie. I promise that my kid will get to that eventually. It'll be on cable probably tomorrow, so it won't matter. But I thought she did a great job. She was good to see her again. Yeah, There were a few dead spots, but other than that... For a three-and-a-half-hour show, there's going to be dead spots. Once you I get mean, past Aquafina, it got better. Once yeah. you get past her... How did... When, when did I miss out on the vote whether we all thought Aquafina was funny or not? When did that happen? I didn't realize I could have had a say and maybe changed the, the tide of history. I'm too one. busy doing the Ralph report. I thought Lady Gaga like looks great in orange, by the way. Yeah. her Not her dress. Her dress was white. But for some reason, she went to Donald Trump's spray tan specialist. She was legitimately orange last night. It's like a giant Cheeto. I couldn't understand it. Uh, well, anyway, here's the winners from last night. Not too many surprises. I, I guess there were a couple. We'll talk about those. Best Supporting Actress was the first big award they gave out, and Regina King won that for If Beale Street Could Talk. I got no problem with that. I think she's a terrific actress. Yeah. I have not seen that film, but how can you go wrong? I mean, all the, all the ladies in this category were spectacular. Black Panther, who I was kind of pulling for for best film, did not turn out to be the case, but they got some Oscars. They got their first, Marvel got their first Oscar. Understandably yeah. for production design and costume design as well, and those were certainly well-deserved. Best Supporting Actor went to Mahershala Ali for Green Book. That should have been an, uh, a moment of things to come. Yeah, I felt bad for Sam yeah. Elliott. I wanted him to win sort of one. Sometimes they'll do that in the supporting yeah, categories. Yeah, they'll just give it to you. They'll give you a, a lifetime work, achievement yeah. kind of award, but he did not get it. Best animated feature went to Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. Much no deserved. There. Much deserved. Original screenplay went to Green Book. Uh, best adapted screenplay went to Black Klansman, which means Spike Lee won his first Earned Academy Oscar. Award, and he was very excited to get up there and give his speech. So much so, you may have noticed there was about 10 seconds of silence when he took the stage that ABC bleeped out what he was saying. And it turns out, I did a little research, he got up on stage and immediately said, don't turn that motherfucking clock on regarding the timer on his speech because he had a lot to say and he was not about to be played off the stage. So congratulations to Spike. Best original song, no surprise, went to Shallow from uh, Lady Gaga and Mark Ronson and company. That was, uh, I think it was a foregone conclusion. Again, she was very orange last night. Yes. We noticed that. Lead actor, again, the only sure bet I knew for last night's awards were that Rami Malek was going to walk away with his award for Bohemian Rhapsody for his work as Freddie Mercury. Lead actress, it was great to see Olivia Coleman win. For the favorite, she gave a charming speech. She's just adorable. She did the same thing at the BAFTAs, and she's just uh, terrific. I was hoping she would win just because I wanted to hear her speech, and it was great. <laughs> Best director, Alfonso Cuarón, won for Roma. And that's when I knew Roma. They were saying maybe Roma was the dark horse. That was the one they gave. It might win. Roma, yeah. 
it might win Best Picture, but that's when I said, oh, okay, this is the award for that. I got that out of the way. Because I don't know if they're ready to give a Best Picture to a Netflix film. Or, or uh, it's rare that a foreign film A foreign film, too, well. but I mean, that's gonna, that would change a lot. Make that so a then uh, the Best Picture rolled around at the end of the night. Julia Roberts came out to give out that award, and Green Book was the winner, I think, to a, a surprise to a lot of people. It shocked me. I didn't, I mean, I didn't see it, so I can't give you an opinion on it, but I didn't think that was, it didn't feel like that was going to, that was what was building. At the outset, no, but throughout the the show, yes, you could say, oh, wait a minute, they really like this green But for the build-up weeks out, it didn't, that felt like it was getting kind of buried. Did not have a lot of buzz going into last night's show, but congratulations to all the winners last night. Uh, Speaking of movies, we can take a look at the weekend box office. Love to see how much money the movies made over the weekend, so we know what people went to see. I said it on Friday, How to Train Your Dragon has a lot of fans, and they turned out en force over the weekend. How to Train Your Dragon 3 made the most money in terms of an opening debut weekend out of all three films in the series. One, wow. Series best, $55 million Damn. in its debut. It was pretty strong. Right after that was Alita Battle Angel, $12 million. was good enough to make that number two. Then the Lego Movie 2. Fighting with My Family was fourth. Isn't It Romantic came in at number five. What Men Want. Then Happy Death Day, Cold Pursuit, The Upside, and Run the Race. Run the Race. Run the Race is one of those faith-based movies oh. that you never hear about. Right. And they put them out, and the Holy Rollers show up in a right. big way for these films. Yeah. This film, by the way, executive produced by Tim Tebow. Right. So... There you go. Be sure to check it out. Yes, you will. If you see he's hosting that um, run uh, run for your life, win the the mile wins the money. What's that? Um, the mile wins the money. It's a it's a reality game show. He's hosting it. That uh, was produced by LeBron James. Okay. Run for the money. Run for your life. I have no idea. But Tim Tebow is the host. Is he good hasn't hosting? aired yet. Oh. But if you watch the commercials, you'll see him. And wow, is it bad? Now we know there's two things Tim Tebow can't do. <laughs> Be a quarterback a in the NFL and host oh, a show. Man. He's like, there's only one thing <laughs> standing between you and a million dollars. It is running a mile, but there's professional athlete trying to stop you. I was like, holy shit. Of all the out-of-work uh, comics and wannabe hosts in oh, this town, yeah. they gave him the nod. The nod's beloved as Tebow, though. Yeah, what the hell was the name of that show? Well, now here is where we put you on hold. We know your time is valuable. Thank you for holding. Someone will be with you as soon as possible. And we're back, and it's called Million Dollar Mile, and it's going to be on CBS, apparently. That's where you can find that. <laughs> That's where it's buried. I'm going to watch it just to, to watch him <laughs> crash and burn as a host. I find that endlessly entertaining. While we're talking about movies, sad news over the weekend. Stanley Donnan passed away, iconic director of some legendary movie musicals, passed away at the age of 94. Now, frankly, I didn't even know Stanley Donnan was still alive. I didn't either. But he's responsible for Singing in the Rain. If he just made Singing in the Rain with Gene Kelly, one of the classic movie yeah. musicals, he would be... That puts uh, you in the Hall of Fame of Hollywood. Right. Uh, Funny Face, Two for the Road. He also did Charade. I mean, a ton of films. Never won an Oscar. Never really got much acclaim as a director. And here's why I think why. Because he was never a director who put an imprint of a style on any of his films. 
He directed a wide variety of different genres of films, and every film looks completely different than the one before it. So there's no Stanley Don and Touch. There's right. no, there's no like Spielberg has a style and Hitchcock had a style. Those guys tend to get a lot Feels of attention. Like, like Ron Howard seems that way too. Ron Howard seems to have like his movies don't seem to have anything super in common. No, he lets other. the story sort of yeah. dictate the direction. And uh, Don and was great. Passed away at the age of 94. So that's kind of sad, but life well lived and what a body of work. This is good news. R. Kelly surrendered himself to police in Chicago on Friday Thank night. God. Well, ten counts of aggravated criminal sexual abuse were levied against him on Friday morning. Nine of the ten counts involve alleged victims ranging in the age from 13 to 16 years old. So as of uh, last night when I was putting this uh, the story together. He was still in jail. He's got a million dollar bond, I believe. Mm. He has to surrender his passport also. Good. And he's still in jail because he's, his financial situation is so fucked up. He's got child payments that he's, he's in arrears on that oh, he hasn't man. paid. And he's got to get all this stuff with the court squared away before he can even put up his bond to get out of jail. So they're saying he could stay in jail until as late as perhaps Wednesday or Thursday. Wow. So we'll see what happens. Wow. But this is going to be a hell of a case. And apparently the, the, the thrust behind this recent movement was, of course, that documentary that was on Lifetime, Surviving R. Kelly, that everyone's yeah, talking yeah, yeah. about. But then we talked about the fact that they discovered a new video, remember, of yes. him having sex with a girl who allegedly like was underage. Like 14 yeah. was the, the number that was being thrown around. And that was the new evidence that really motivated prosecutors in Chicago to move on this. So wow. I hope... I just hope he gets uh, what he deserves. Well, he's at least in jail. Yeah. It's a good start. And while we're talking about legality and show business, this is going to come as a surprise. <laughs> the FCC has received complaints about Adam Levine's nipples during the Super Bowl. Of course they have. Now, it's been 15 years since Justin Timberlake and yeah, Janet Jackson yeah. did the halftime show there, right. exposed her breasts, and all hell broke loose. Yeah, oh, God forbid. And everyone was making jokes when Adam Levine took off his shirt during the Super Bowl. <laughs> Someone really got mad. We're like, oh, sure, here we go again. It's another uh, wardrobe malfunction, more nipples. <laughs> well, you can't, see, God bless America. You'll find someone willing to get offended about anything. They say 50 people have filed complaints with the FCC about the Maroon 5 frontman's decision to take off his shirt during the halftime performance. Is it You think it's people that are really offended at seeing a nipple, or people are just like, well, if you can't, if women should be able to take off their shirts too, so if men do it, I'm going to complain. And Both. Like that. Both. That's there are 50 complaints. I've, they printed them all in this article that I'm reading right. from. And some people are saying, we don't need to see a half-naked man on television. My children don't need to see that. So there's people who are taking it literally. There are people who are saying, how come Janet Jackson was a big disaster, right. but this is not. And then my favorite complaint by far was this one. It came from Concord, California. This is the message that the FCC received verbatim. I had to see some tattooed guy's nipples on my TV with my family. It was not right. Janet Jackson should be issued a formal apology, and Adam Levine should issue a formal apology <laughs> for showing his nipples and his horrible choice in tattoos on live television. And I think that was more offensive, actually, than the nipples were for those awful, awful tattoos that he has. All right, let's take a look at today's celebrity birthdays. Actress Karen Grassley is 77 years old today, and since today is focusing on TV theme songs, we should mention that she was the mom on Little House on the Prairie. She was uh, oh, wow. Ma Engels on that okay. show. And here's the theme for those of you who loved that show. I mean, my sister was an 
obsessed with Little House on the Prairie. And I remember hearing this in the background at our house every week. Kids running through the tall grass on the prairie. Remember that? Talk show host Sally Jesse Raphael celebrates her 77th birthday today. Actress Rashida Jones from The Office and Parks and Recreation. She's 43. Actor Alexis Denisoff from Angel and Buffy the Vampire Slayer, 53 years old today. Musician actor John Doe of the legendary L.A. band X is 66 years old today. Boy, they were a great punk rock band back in the day and recorded the ultimate cover version of Wild Thing, in my opinion. If you ever saw the uh, movie Major, Major League, League, that's the Major you League remember one. this. Actress Tia Leone is 53 years old today. Comedian Carrot Top is 52. He's still working, by the way. He's in Vegas. Very successful. He's he's weirdly buff now. Be- and he's got lots of uh, Botox and all sorts Didn't of he stuff. also get some sort of uh, medical problem from injecting his arms I or something? I think so. There's something there. I mean, but he's very... A lot of plastic surgery. A lot of plastic surgery. A lot, of, lot of weightlifting. All very strange. Um, a, lot, a lot of props. Singer Daniel Powder is 48 years old today. You may not know that name, but you know his hit song. I think we're going to have to visit Daniel Powder on One Hit Wonder one of these days, because as far as I know, this is the only one. Because you had a bad day, you take one down, you sing a sad song just to turn it around. You say you don't know, you tell me don't lie, you work at a smile and you go for a ride. You I just remember they used that as the theme song one season on American Idol for the people who didn't get for through. The, and they would show like these slow oh, shots of them walking down Hollywood Boulevard rejected oh, by God. Simon Cowell. It's the worst. Like, oh, that song's going to live forever. Ugh. Leslie Boone, my funny pal from the TV series Ed. She was also on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. She's a buddy of mine and she is such a talented lady. 51 years old today. Actor Sean Astin. Is 48. He was one of the hobbits, wasn't he? Yeah, he was Rudy, too. That's right. I forgot he was Rudy. 48 years old. And singer-guitarist Mike Peters from a great band that came out of Wales in the 80s. I know they opened up for U2 on one of their big tours. Some great songs came out of the alarm. Here's one of them. See why they toured with you too. Yeah, sound like the Welsh you too. Exactly. Uh, Mike Peters is sixty years old today. I'm Ralph Garman. I walk the showbiz beat. And speaking of things that come out of the UK, like the Alarm, one of our favorite people, Steve Ashton, also comes out of the UK. <laughs> he once a week will take your questions on how, why, where, what, who, when, if stuff that comes out of the UK. If you've got a question, well, we've got a Brit you can ask. And that's why we call this segment Ask a Brit. I want to ask a Brit. 
Steve Ashton with Ask a Pro. Oh, this one came in from Angela in Michigan on my email, Steve at the Rav Report. And she and Angela wrote, Hi, Steve. When I was a kid, I was in Girl Scouts. Uh, when I was about seven or eight, we went on a field trip that included eating at a fancy restaurant. In order to prepare for this outing, we had lessons on proper table etiquette, which I think is lovely. Um, these lessons included which fork to use for which course and how to eat soup properly. Just before I go on, Ralph, you know how to eat soup properly, right? Well, I think you're supposed to take the spoon and then uh, scoop the soup away from you. That's right. And do you know why that is? I have no idea. It's practical because you're less likely to spill the, any any residual soup from the bottom of the spoon onto your nice um, formal outfit. That's why. Gotcha. You fucking savage. Anyway, <laughs> they also, she goes on to write, by the way, I haven't even finished the letter yet. They also write to us in America. We It's not a letter, it was an email. They also write to us that in America, we were to place our free hand in our laps. They also mentioned the etiquette varied in different cultures. An example they gave was that in Britain, it's customary to have both hands above the table at all times because, and I quote, they never know what you might be doing under there. <laughs> My question for you is twofold. Is it in fact considered proper etiquette across the pond to have both hands above the table at all times? Uh, if so, is it really because of the fear that you might be playing with your tallywhacker? I've been dying to know this for more than 25 years. That's from our friend Angela Leshuk in Michigan. Well, Angela, I am so glad you asked this question because it's, um, it's a bit of a pet peeve of mine, manners and etiquette. Um, I, I just uh, deplore anyone who doesn't follow my personal social guidelines. And um, <laughs> there's nothing gets me more wound up than bad manners and just general lack of awareness. But when it comes to the hands on the table thing, the person who told you that in Britain people have their hands on the table to prove they were not masturbating furiously is talking fucking nonsense. <laughs> Although I didn't go to private school, so mo maybe those inbred fucks strangled a bishop <laughs> at dinner time. I've no idea. But no, I actually do know where this comes from. Hazard a guess, Ralph. What do you think this is all about? Um, to show you don't have any weapons. <laughs> that, you, you motherfucker, that's exactly right. What? And it's not an yeah, it's not an English thing. Guess where it's from? <laughs> America. <laughs> the dirty, dirty French. Oh, the French. They're not to be trusted. Um, although I'm not being racist in any way. Um, although not, I suppose may, maybe a bit. Although it's not connected to having a branle, as they may say, which is a wobble. Um, it's to show that you're not armed. Um, and I don't mean in the French way saying armed as in saying harmed in a comedy accent. Um, it's to show you're not carrying a weapon. And by weapon, I mean sword. And by sword, I don't mean a euphemism for a penis. Um <laughs> So that's the reason, yeah? So just had to have your, both your hands on the table to show you've not got uh, a weapon. Traditionally, you know, one hand you know, in the lap or both hands in the lap to rest, yeah, that's pretty kind of standard. Do you want a couple more uh, etiquette pointers, Ralph? Uh, please, I'm being uh, educated here. You'll be coming to the UK soon, so he's, uh, maybe you want to jot these down. All right. Um, so traditionally, one of the best examples of British etiquette is the importance placed on punctuality. It's considered desperately rude to arrive late. And conversely... You should arrive. You should should you arrive early for a dinner party or any kind of engagement. It could also appear rude uh, because it could ruin the atmosphere for the evening if the host is still completing their preparations. And I know that really boils your piss when people arrive early, doesn't it? Absolutely, I, I agree one hundred percent. Now, should you be invited to a British dinner party, of course, it's customary to for a dinner guest to bring a gift for the host or hostess, such as a, a bottle of wine, a bouquet of flowers, or a number of peasants to work on the person's estate. <laughs> 
The cutlery should also be held correctly, uh, i.e. the knife in the right hand, the fork in the left hand with the prongs pointing downwards. The food's pushed onto the back of the fork with the knife rather than scooped into it. Um, table manners, for example, for eating bread. Uh, any idea what these might be, Ralph? Uh, eating bread. Uh, you, you, uh, you break it uh, on your plate. Yeah, and what you essentially do, so bread with a soft texture such as a roll or a muffin is broken, and not the kind of muffins that you you use, it's broken in half with the fingers. A bite-sized piece is pulled out from the broken one, the broken half, placed on the side of the bread and butter plate and buttered um, one bite at a time, never with your elbows on the table either, or you never dip bread into a thick or thin sauce unless the dish is designed for that specifically in the case of something like a moule mariniere but the italians are the ones uh, with about a hundred fucking rules about uh, about bread but ralph <laughs> you're someone i think has got impeccable manners um, and i know it's very important to you uh, you're, a, you're a sophisticated man of the world much like myself i like to think so yes steve pence not so much he's more likely to bring his own red lobster bib to a chuck e cheese <laughs> you're not wrong so I hope that answers your question, Angela. ta So next time you're around Steve Ashton, Eddie, mind your manners. I will. Because he will get really mad at you. Well, he's, you know, he took a shot at you there. I'm he's just always saying. Takes shots he's always taking shots at me. Got an, he's got an eye on you, Don't I worry. think. He wants I'm going to see sure. him in person in a couple weeks. Well, that's right. We should not go without mentioning that. Tickets are still available for the live Ralph Report recording that we're doing at the Improv on Melrose in Hollywood on March 9th. It's the Late Show on Saturday. It's going to be a great event. Uh, I just saw the poster, by the way, that we're going to be oh, really? signing for the VIP folks. It's Exciting. really cool. I'll give you a hint. It comes from, it stems from one of the images that was submitted for our merchandise contest. Oh, nice. We were able to take that. I contact the uh, the artist who did that to get, put that together, and I was really a fan of his work. So he has kind of reworked it into a poster for oh, us. Oh, man, I can't show. wait. So, uh, yeah, tickets are still available. You can go to improv.com. And then click on the event calendar, scroll down to March 9th, you'll see our logo there, and then you can buy your tickets. Hope to see you on the 9th of March. Meanwhile, we promised folks that we would take a look today at our favorite all-time TV theme songs. Now, we opened it up to anything instrumental or with words, but it is a primetime thing. So these are all primetime shows whose themes we love. And I think, for the most part, Eddie's choices are solid. Well, I, I was a child of, of the '80s. I was a child. Of the 80s, I hear you. So that's what and, I and you'll with. and you'll hear mine skew definitely '60s and '70s. Yeah. But I have a problem with one of yours. We'll get to that in a minute. Let's start off with Eddie's uh, first choice. I think it's completely acceptable. One of the legendary themes of television. Certainly one of the legendary openings of a TV show. In 1972, a crack commando unit was sent to prison by a military court for a crime they didn't commit. These men promptly escaped from a maximum security stockade to the Los Angeles underground. Today, still wanted by the government, they survive as soldiers of fortune. If you have a problem, if no one else can help, and if you can find them, maybe you can hire the A-Team.
see that truck flipping over, can't you? Crashing in the helicopters. Here's my problem with your pick on this so one. so pumped up. What? Once you get beyond the... Ba, ba, da, ba, 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 try to sing the rest of that Right, then. It's got one There's a whole four minutes of string section in there. I'm too busy kicking ass listening to that. I can't. I you're... I, I grew up in one of the last generations. Your where bad kids, attitude, Pence. B.A. Pence, they called you. I wanted to be a Murdoch. Sure. That's who I wanted to be. Mad dog. But I grew up in one of the last generations that allowed kids to play with fake guns that looked real. Yes. And I would spend hours in my backyard with my friends, and we would just hum that theme song while we were shooting each other with fake guns. I hear you. And look, my first has, has a similar story. Me and my friends would hum this theme, but we were a little slicker. A little more we, subtle. We were a little more subtle. We had <laughs> a little more style. We had some intricate plans going on. It was a different kind of team. You had the A team. We had the Mission Impossible team. such a great theme and I it, you know it's a great theme because it can transport you right away to that not only that show but that genre yeah if you're thinking if you feel like a spy at any moment in your life you yeah. start humming that to yourself I mean you could just be walking to the men's room oh. at, at, at work and you're looking over your shoulder all of a sudden you become a secret yeah, agent anytime I have a suit on I have all those little pockets in my suit if I'm just reaching in right? there for my sunglasses that song goes through my head exactly uh, this next <laughs> choice is Eddie Pence's and it makes perfect sense because, you know, racism. I mean, that's part right? of it, of that's course. what I am. You forget that Eddie grew up in the South, so you can imagine he would love to drive around in a car with a Confederate flag on top of it, jumping over shit, hanging <laughs> out with hanging out with Having his cousin. Boss Hog and Cooter chase you down? Yeah. Weren't Cooter. they all cousins, by the way? Daisy, wasn't Daisy a Daisy cousin, Daisy was too? the cousin of Bo and Duke. And they were brothers, right? Or were they Bo cousins, Bo too? Bo and Duke were brothers. They were, they were brothers? The Duke were they cousins? No, they were cousins. They were all three cousins. Yeah, there's a lot of cousin love going on down there. Yeah, it was the South. In Hazard County. <laughs> All you never saw Been in trouble with the law Since the day they was born Straightening the curves Flattening the hills Someday the mountain might get them But the law never will Making their way The only way they know how That's just a little bit more Just a good old boy they Wouldn't change if they could Fighting the system like a two modern day Robin Hood
Yeah. Oh, God. It's a great song. <laughs> it is a great song. A great song. Gotta give you that. Terrible show, but a great song. It is uh, just as easy as it is to see Eddie's association <laughs> with the Dukes of Hazard. I think since we're sitting here in the Batcave, it would be remiss of me if I didn't put this on my list of favorite TV theme songs of all time. So, right, I got to go with that How one. How was that not number one for you? Well, I'll tell you why, and we'll explore why in a minute. But let's get to your number one first. Because here's the thing. When you invite Eddie Pence to a party, at some point there will be a turd in the punch bowl. What are you talking about? And that's what this one oh, is man. to me. It is not only an awful, awful theme song, but the singer, if you can call him that, is not a singer. He hits every note. Oh, dear Lord. If you remember a series starring Lee Majors. Oh, I love it. Best known as the $6 million man. To you. But after to that you. show, he had another show called The Fall Guy, and someone let him sing oh, his own theme song. Beautiful. I'm sorry, but I have to do it for your own good. Here's The Fall Guy theme. Well, I'm not the kind to kiss and tell, but I've been seen with fair up. Never been with anything less than a nine. So fine, I've been on fire with Sally Field, gone fast with a girl named Bo. But somehow they just don't end up as mine. It's a death-defying life I lead. I take my chances. I die for a living in the movies and TV. Thing I ever do is watch my leading ladies kiss some other guy while I'm bandaging my knee. I might fall from a tall building, I might roll a brand new car, cause I'm the unknown stuntman that made Redford such a star. Never spent much time in school, but I taught ladies plenty. It's true, I hire my body out for pay. Hey, hey, I've gotten burned over Cheryl Teague's blown up for Rocky Welch. But when I wind up in the hay, it's only hay. Hey, hey, I might jump an open drawbridge or Tarzan from a vine. Cause I'm the unknown stuff. Makes Eastwood look so fine. How dare you? Oh my God, I love it. That is awful. (laughs) I haven't spent much time in school, but I've taught ladies plenty. What is wrong with you? That is an amazing lyric. Uh, Oh, it's so good. He is awful. The song is awful. The show is amazing. That's the problem when you give stars, TV stars, too much power. That's what you end up with. I love it. He was coming out with Buck Rogers, Six Million Dollar Man, The Fall Guy. He wasn't in Buck Rogers. He wasn't. Who was Buck Rogers? Gil Gerard. That's right, Gil Gerard. That was Lee Major. My bad. Eddie! 
is wrong. He should have he been Buck Rogers. About that choice and about Buck Rogers. No, he should have been Buck Rogers. Here's a theme song. Here's the reason Batman wasn't number one for me. Because Batman was a big part of my youth. But when I was a little bit older, another TV series grabbed my heart. And still, that theme song is number one in my heart today. James Garner as Jim Rockford. Synthesizer? How they make that? Moog. 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 It's on Moog synthesizer, (laughs) and then harmonic in the background, and just so cool, Uh, so reflective of that show. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. I had had another reason, by the way, for putting Rockford at the top, besides the fact that I do love it. I got a little extra motivation from a phone call I received over the weekend about really that particular theme song and it affected me so deeply I was kind of afraid not to make it number one hey Ralph and Eddie it's Bridget from Long Island here okay I'm listening and you're talking about the fucking theme song the, the thing if you don't have fucking Rockford Files on those lists you're both a bunch of fucking idiots <laughs> not really but you know I, I'm really just fucking disappointed in you too, if you don't have it so fucking love you guys I don't know. Whatever. LMB. Right? Do you think I'm going to take <laughs> oh, a chance? No. I, if I had heard that, I would have made mine Rockford Files. Do you think I want to run afoul of that lady? We should have made all six Rockford Files. I, I had to hedge my bets. I was not about to screw with Bridget from Long Island. Oh, my God. And that's why that ended up as oh number God, one. Such on anger before she even knew our choices. She was giving us a warning. And warning received, Bridget. I heard you loud and clear. So there you go. Our top three TV themes. Theme songs of all time. I hope you enjoyed them as much as Bridget did. <laughs> That's it for today's show. Thanks so much for hanging out with us. Come on back tomorrow. It is a Tuesday. That means we're going to take a look at la- uh, tonight's Bachelor episode. My wife's out of town, so I'm going to be doing it solo. Oh. Yeah, I know. Maybe I can pull another woman in to give me a female perspective somebody. at some point. Somebody. Uh, what else we got going on? Oh, we've been talking for a while now about all these different streaming services and how expensive it's getting. Yes. We'll be talking to an industry insider to talk about the future of television and those streaming services. I think that'll be a pretty That'd cool conversation to have. And, of course, Steve Ashton will be coming back with another UK update tomorrow. It's going to be a jam-packed show. I hope you will join us. I love you. I mean it. Bye. Bye.